Alright, hey everybody, it's Joey here with Dixie Doggers. Got my cameraman Nate, he's gonna join us today. We uh we're gonna do some discussing on just on how to go on a hunt. I mean pretty much bare basics, cutting it back to to where you are just someone who doesn't know anything about hog hunting, someone who has never been on a hog hunt, someone who has never ran dogs or done anything. You know, so, all right. I mean, because we deal with a lot of people, you know, that that have that have hunted before in the past, and and they have a, a lot of knowledge of it. Uh, we've dealt with some people who don't have any knowledge of it, and you know, it's a it's a, it can be a two edged sword both ways. Uh, you know, I mean, if you take somebody calls you, or you see a buddy of yours that you you know. He runs dogs. You want to go on a hog hunt with him? That's cool. He invites you. Go with him. But there's there's also kind of some unwritten rules that you need to know. But not everybody knows them. Because if you haven't been around the hunting world or this industry, then then you have no idea. You know, other than what you see on TV. And a lot of stuff that you see on TV is just, you know, it's a, a 30-minute show that has been recorded for sometimes weeks to get that footage to make it happen. It's not just a you know, go out there one time, bam, and it happens. That's that's not really how it goes all the time. So no. we've had some we've had some instances some where interesting ones. Yeah, so I mean Nathan is my son and I mean I started carrying him hunting when I started going hunting. As far as as far as hog hunting with dogs. And I got invited to go with someone else, and I've loved it ever since. And I mean, I, I'll always be thankful and forever grateful to to Clay Austin, who's the guy that carried me out the first time. My uncle Frank is the one that actually asked for, you know, got invited for us to go with him. And it just so happened that I I went to high school with Clay. 15 years earlier and hadn't seen him that whole time and uh, didn't know that he hog hunted or anything and I'd always wanted to go on a dog and knife hunt and he was uh, he was working on a job that my uncle was was doing and uh, wound up getting together on that one and it turned out to be a it's, it's been many years now yeah. many, many years so many years. anyway we'll get off that we'll get to the to the point about all right. What? How? How to? How to actually apply this to a hunt? First thing to do is to be on time. Always, at least, or if not earlier, in case something comes up and you got to meet somewhere yes. different, or they need ice and you can volunteer to go get ice, or a million other things. Yes. No. Don't drag ass around and, you know, because you're sitting there and you're like, or you're not really a morning person or this or that. Don't come up with all that junk, you know. Don't these, go out drinking the night before you're supposed to go hunting. No, don't lay out I've, wrong. I've never seen that turn out good. No. <laughs> Even if you do show up on time, it's usually a rough day. Well, yeah, and I mean, like I said, if, you know, you can, you can partake during the hunt, maybe after the hunt, whatever, but main thing is be on time. Or be early, like I said, you know, that's one of the biggest, biggest things is because, you know, 
like I said, we're stripping this back to where you don't know what all this is, is the complexity of this is. You know, you're you're 100% newbie in this. So, I mean, you these guys have dogs that they have to take care of. They have to get all the dogs together. They have to load everything up, dog boxes, make sure all their, their tracking collars are charged and ready to go, make sure all the, the cut gear and stuff is, is ready, you know, make sure they have the the keys to the gate, you know, make they got yeah. everything. They gotta make they gotta do all this other Bunch stuff. Bunch of overhead. You gotta load up, you know, your side by sides or four wheelers or, or, or your hunt trucks, whatever. There's a whole process to doing all that that nobody really sees and I mean you just show up you jump out they've got everything ready so automatically you're just like well this this ain't nothing yeah uh, it is just if you're supposed to meet at six o'clock the guys that are putting on the hunt they got up at three even if it's a 30 minute drive they still got up several hours early to be there and if you live in the same area you you could have slept till five Got your clothes on, left, and been there. In a, you know, a thirty-minute drive, and still been there by six. So you know, there's a there's a big thing, and it's it's really something that goes unappreciated. People do not appreciate it, and you know, they, they, there's so many of them that go on a hunt and say you go out, you don't you don't kill anything. They're like, well, you know, you can you can always tell the the ones who have never hunted because it's like they most of the times they you can tell that it's they're upset because they didn't kill anything or because, you know, maybe the dogs didn't work that good. Well, maybe there was no sign there. Maybe the hogs moved out. They don't stay in one spot every day. But, like I said, it's stripping it all the way back to if you were a newbie, you wouldn't know that. So, think about these things. You know, think about that stuff. So, next thing, Nate, what would you, what would you say? Uh... Another big thing is don't bring extra people unless it's been discussed. <laughs> like, don't get there and have your old lady and both of your six-year-old twin daughters, because that's usually a big headache not to sound misogynist, but that goes with any old lady or any kids. Don't bring any of them unless it's been discussed, because it usually turns into a whole other form of headache. Or until at least you've been on a hunt yourself like i said we're not talking about people who are just going out to hunt don't take it no, like that no we're talking about if you've just been invited on a hunt and you know you met this guy through a friend or you talked to him at the store or at the co-op or whatever and he says hey you know you're more than welcome to go with us you call him y'all arrange it you get there don't have all the doors on the minivan open you know we carry, I mean, I've got five girls of my own and three boys. So, I mean, you know, we're not, like I said, we're not saying, we're not trying to say don't carry little girls or, or women. We're not trying to say that. We're just saying if you're a, a man and you have a family, don't bring your whole family out on that first hunt. No. Go out there, get a feel of it because it can be a dangerous situation. I mean, if you don't know what um, to do, then how, how would you protect anything? Those, I mean, the guys that are taking you hunting, They've got dogs and hogs and other people that they have to worry about as well as you. And then adding two or three more people to it, it can be very, very stressful for everybody. And, you know, the woods, you know, it's most of them, they aren't equipped with uh, restrooms or 
you know, any kind of services like that for, for smaller children or for somebody who needs it, you know. I mean, you know, most guys and a lot of women, they can just, you know, whip it out right there in the woods. But if you've never been there, and this is your trip all the way back to being a beginner, think about these things. I mean, and then, you know, make sure that you pitch in. If you, if you need to meet them at their house, you know, get there early enough that, hey, don't be scared to grab a dog and throw it in the box. Ask them which box it goes in. You know, ask them, like, you want me to hold the dog? Sometimes somebody standing there just holding the dog for you to collar them up or to put a vest on is a tremendous help. And I mean, because, you know, you only got two hands and two legs, and there's a, there's some dogs you got to wrap them up, hang on to them, and get them off because they're fired up. They're high-energy dogs. You know, they're not just going to just lay around and wait on you to, to kick them and get them started. Uh, that That's one of those things that just a lot of people, and and it's not that they, I don't think it's that they don't want to do it. I think they're they're nervous. Yeah, or they don't want to get the, overstep their boundaries. They don't want to get in the way. Yeah, they don't want, yeah, you don't want to get in the way and stuff like that, but. Never heard it to but ask. It, but at least All show, you do is ask. at least show that you want to do it. You know, um, you know, if the guy says, I'll take you hunting, and you ask him, he's like, well, how much would you charge me? He's like, nah, you ain't got to worry about that, man. We're all just going hunting. And that's the way most hog hunters are. Oh, yeah. Especially for local folks. You just, hey, let's load up and go. Because maybe. I promise you're going to be massively in the hole if you just recreationally hunt hogs. There's a lot of overhead and a lot of money and a lot of time in it. Too. Well, yeah. It, it would. <laughs> anyway, pitch in on gas, drinks, whatever you know even if the guys are you know the, the the hunt master if he says you know don't worry about it like i said at least offer you know and be sincere about it don't don't just do it to you know to pacify it do it because you appreciate it like i said until you've ever really done it all the time a lot of people don't they don't appreciate what goes into it and i mean if you if you go Say you've done went one or two times now. We're past the newbie stage, and you've done you've done went three or four times, and you got you a pup. I know a lot of guys do that. They go a couple times. They go get them a pup, or or they go get a grown dog, or they've got a dog at their house. Man, I'm gonna bring my dog with me. Don't, don't do that. Don't drag your labradoodle. I'm not saying a Labradoodle won't make a hog dog, but if it's not a hog dog, don't bring it on someone else's time to try to do all that, especially when you're just now getting started. You know, that's where you have to put in your time, your effort, your money, your work. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that's going to help you, and they're going to, there be, I mean, I'm one of those guys, I've told literally hundreds of people, bring your dog, I'll take it, and I'll hunt it with ours if you don't have time, you know. Or you can bring it and hunt it, but don't just show up with it's what we're saying. Don't just jump out the shagging wagon with, you know, Scooby and Shaggy and let's just say, okay, hell, we're going to go on this huge ordeal because that's what it becomes, this ordeal. Then, you know, people aren't in their best mood and then it leads to not being invited again. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's see what else we've got. We've got some stuff wrote down here. Don't... Don't tell people how to hunt. <laughs> You're the guest. Don't express what you've learned 
by rabbit hunting to go on a hog hunt. No. Don't express what your grandpa's foxhounds did and the way that they done theirs in the 50s and 60s. Don't express what you, your, your cousin or your uncle or your brother-in-law's hog dogs do in Texas when you're in Alabama or Mississippi. It's not the same. The, do the dogs are totally different as far as the aspects and the style of hunt that you have to do and the things that you have to prove on these dogs. It's not just, you can't, can't apply them the same everywhere you go. So, anything on that? Uh, that doesn't mean you can't just like shoot the breeze about it and like discuss the dogs and how they've done this and how they've done that. Yeah. We don't try to make it say like, for example, well, my grandpa would never cast his dogs in this direction towards this type of terrain. He would always hunt them up this way instead or something like that. Don't you just sound like don't, a dickhead. Yeah, don't be don't do dumb shit like that. It's, it's crazy. No. I don't say retarded. You can't say retarded anymore. So. <laughs> but it's retarded, so don't do it. Yeah. Um stay for the whole hunt. Don't bring your raggedy self out there and get this, you know, skim the cream off the milk. Go out there, dogs are doing good, hogs are running everywhere, catch three or four. Then all of a sudden you gotta tell you got well, I gotta go. No. If you go on the hunt, stay for the whole hunt. If those dogs are out, stay till they come back in. There's been many, many nights where I'm sitting there thinking, Lord have mercy, I wish these dogs would just come on back. Or I wish they would just quit and come on in. But and deep down inside, I mean, why would you want them to quit? That's what that's what <laughs> exactly. that's what we're after is the bottom, you know. We want a dog with some bottom to it, but I mean you know, that's what I'm saying, though, is just don't run off when the guys need help catching the dogs up, loading the hogs up, loading the dogs up, loading the four-wheelers, loading the buggies, the side-by-sides. If get down to the butchering and the processing part of it, hey, offer on dragging. stay there. Start dragging. Take that dog leg. Dragging is greatly appreciated. Yes, take that dog leg, <laughs> wrap around the leg, and get after it. Oh, yeah. don't, don't keep jacking around about something. You know, just because you're you're lazy. You know, if you're lazy, this is not the sport for you, really. I don't I don't feel. No, there's going to be some work involved in any form oh, of dog hunting. Yeah, but I mean, this is like it's ridiculous. Because I mean, it's like the first. You know, we we can't we don't really a dog hunt, we don't really run during deer season a lot. So usually from November to February, we're kind of off. You know, we don't do it. Yeah. Man, the first two or three hunts, it's like, I mean, I'm hitting the ground, I'm sucking wind. Then, then I get back at it, and I get in shape, and I'm ready to go. And so, I mean, it's a, especially where we're at, because where we're at, it's nothing but mountains and hills. I mean, it's it's not a lot of flat terrain. We love to go to flat terrain. It's, we love it. So the dogs easier. love it, too, and you can tell, because they just, they just go and go and go. You can tell it's easier on them, that's for sure. All right, next one. What you got, Nate? Don't talk to someone's landowner. Yeah, if you go hunting, and this is this goes for no matter how long you've been hunting. Period. I don't care if you own twice as many dogs that are twice as good with the best up-to-date stuff, and you go down here with so-and-so who, who still hunts with a 220 and DC-40s, and they're down here, but they have a great spot, and it's a huge hunting club. 
Don't go over here to the side and start talking to one of the hunting club members or the president or anything like that. Don't do and that. And try to like, well, I could also come down here when he can't or mm -hmm. that's just being shady in general. Or even if you don't go with somebody, if you know so-and-so's hunting this farm down here. Don't take your ass over trying to mooch in on him. Yeah, don't go call a farm landowner and be like, hey, I could also help with the hogs. No, he's already got somebody. Leave it alone. Yep. Because most of the time, the people that don't call, and if it doesn't work out, you're the first ones to get called. Just had that happen. Just had that happen. Hunted a big place for six, six years or so, I guess, six, seven years. And some other guys, they, they wind up getting their own dogs and stuff and, and traps and, and done, hey, and they hunt, and they kill hogs. Um, do it, I think they've done a great job. They put and, me on the table. You know, so we kind of start stopped going so much. We, we joined them and hunted with them some too, so we kind of just backed out of it. They were actual members of the club, and we weren't. We just went and hunted because there were no other hog hunters. And once they came about, it was... Uh, you know, it's like it's like it's time for us to back off and let these guys just just wear it out. Well, it's been a couple of years now, and the, the hogs are really rampant, and they're they're overrunning it. You know, a lot of people they get out, they start out, and they start out real real strong. They had they get a big a good pack of dogs built up. You know, they'll they'll work them, and then they you know, a lot of the guys they jobs won't let them won't let them do it as much as they would like to. So. It kind of they kind of fizzled out a little bit, and so that's what's happened. Those those guys, and they've got other properties to hunt as well. So now it's the new war off, and now the actual owners they're calling us again. They're like, "Look, I really need y'all down here." First thing, the very first thing I said is like, "Look, you already have some guys in there that are hunting." He said, "Well, they're not hunting anymore. They're not killing the hogs. They, you know." They're just showing up every now and then. All that good stuff. And I, so I, I don't, you know, it's one of those deals where I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to get in on that. But, you know, I was never told to not hunt it. And I was never asked to not hunt it to begin with. So it's it's one of those things. That's, that's where the longevity part comes in. People know they can call you. After you've been doing it for the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever, people know that they can call you and depend on you, so that's the guy they're going to call. So unless you want to stay in it for the long haul, you know, then expect that to happen because if you don't take care of your property, going back to what we just said, you know, tell, tell these other guys like, you know, don't call my landowner, don't talk to the hunt club members, don't do this, but in the same sentence, is if you're not doing your job, they're gonna call them. Now, like I said, out of respect, I usually call that other guy and be like, look, are y'all still hunting up there or what? You know, what's going on? So-and-so called me, told me what's happening. And, or they'll, they'll say, no, nah, man, we ain't hunting up there or go ahead or whatever. You know, I, I don't want any kind of animosity. I don't like any kind of conflict like that. Yeah. It just, you know, to me, it's, that usually eliminates all ill feelings. There's yeah. no sense of any shade shadiness going no. on. Or they might, I mean, like you might get your feelings hurt because you know somebody they else. called somebody else because yeah. you didn't do what you done. And a lot of that is, it ain't really that you got your feelings hurt. It's that you kind of you let your own self down because you you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I know I'm better than this. I should have done this or should have done that. And then yeah. sometimes people just don't give a damn. They're like, shit, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it, that's just the way it goes. So. Let's see what else we got here. 
Take all your trash with you. That's a given. I mean, you bring anything, take it with you. Water bottles, beer cans, cracker wrappers or whatever, veiny cans, anything that you have that you would have out in the field or in the truck or whatever with you, you know, take it with you. Don't don't leave your trash for somebody else to haul around or to pick up or anything like that. It looks bad on everybody if anything's on the ground, no matter who threw it down. But if you're the one that's with somebody who has permission to hunt that place, the hunter is going to feel the repercussions, not you. Because you're just a guest. Um, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that constantly is just in the middle. He's got to be right in the middle of everything. He's got to be the loudest. He's got to carry on the most. And there's nothing wrong with joking and laughing and doing all this stuff. But if you run hog dogs, everybody knows when you're standing there and the guy with the the alpha looks down and he does this. Shut up. What happens? Shut up. Everybody shut up so you can hear. Because a lot of times, I can be honest with you, long-range dogs, good medium-range dogs, I don't even know why because most of the time you can't hear them. It's just the things like shut up because you're trying to concentrate on what's going on. So I, we had this happen not not too long ago. We're standing, Every time we turn the dogs loose, well, we get ready to cast them. And we'll get into some of that later. We have we do different styles of hunting. We have different styles of dogs for those each different styles. You know, we dog we have dogs that will free cast. We have dogs that we can take them and just cast them in a certain direction. We have dogs that pretty much we just walk hunt them in smaller properties that are short range, real rough dogs. We have some long range dogs with bottom that won't quit. You know, so but anyway, we was trying to cast these dogs and. Everybody do. Everybody casts things. Their dogs differently. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. If you take your dogs, and you get you open the dog box, the dogs follow you. You walk them. As soon as you get right there, you stop. We let the dogs get go ahead of us. Let them Hunt get out. going out. Everybody be quiet. Let the dogs get something. You know, we find a good track or something first. All right. Let the dogs get going out good. Everybody's quiet. Well, after 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, however long it takes them to get 100 yards, 200 yards out, then we can then we can start talking and shooting the breeze again. But this one guy, it's, I mean, we let the tailgate down, and about the time the dogs made it 20 feet down the road, oh, my grandpa done this, and or he'd start hollering at somebody else and calling their name, and then the dogs, I mean, young dogs especially, they would turn around and come back because yeah. he was over there calling different names. And... So I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just me. I don't know. Y'all can give us some feedback on it. You know. You yeah, know, it's kind of like bringing a bunch of people around the dogs. If you yeah. walk hunt, you can't have thirty people out there walk hunting. It makes the it just doesn't. I don't know. The dogs don't never perform as well if they're around a bunch of people. They don't know. One or two is okay, yeah. especially like when cast hunting though, because they get out from under your feet. But walk hunting, they usually check back in pretty regular. Ours do at least, and so. And also, don't get falling out drunk while you're hunting. It's okay to drink yes. if you're of age or whatever, if you're grown enough to do but it. But don't let us have to carry you. 
Yes, that's terrible. No matter how long you've been hunting. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> no, don't do. Just don't get hammered. It never. I've never seen it work out. Good. No, and, but I've seen it happen a bunch of times. Like, I can't it. drive home. Like, dude, you live an hour away. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I can't drive you two hours the opposite direction because we live different areas. You know, it's like I, I live in, you know, North Central Alabama, and you live in South Alabama. That's, you know, that's a I can't do that. Yeah. It, but that's happened. It has happened. It, you know, that that's gonna be another thing that we do. I think we're just gonna just tell some good stories too because yeah. we have had some we've had some doozies. Uh, Ed Barnes, he wrote that book. That book he just wrote. It uh, he told some stories in it, and. For the for years now, I have kind of journaled some of my stories. Pretty much every hunt, I'll just write down what happened or whatever, and I know it might sound weird, whatever to a lot of guys, but and I get back sometimes. I start reading through them, and that shit's so funny. I mean, I get to I get tickled, you know. And you can relive those hunts; they're bright and vibrant. I challenge you to do that, you know, especially you younger guys. Do that now, and then fifteen years from now, twenty years from now go back and start reading some of that stuff and you're going to be like, oh my Lord. And you're going to look at the difference either how much you have matured and how much easier things are, how much better life is, or you're going to say, oh shit, I messed up somewhere, you know, because it's going to be bad. Oh but, yeah. But I mean, like I said, we've always got some pretty good stories to, to do that. So, well, like I said, these are just some of the some of the kind of the, the unwritten rules and kind of a code of conduct that we're trying to, to pass out to, to new people that are new to this sport. Guys, if you have hog hunting more than twice, three times, this is not for you, so don't get your panties in a wad. Don't start telling me how wrong I am to do this or this or that and all that stuff. Please don't do that. We're just trying to be helpful. We're not trying to step on anybody's toes or say you've done anything wrong. This is strictly my opinion his opinion you know this is not something that's written down and stamped in stone it's, you know we haven't passed it through congress or none of that shit so. this can vary from area to area because some people aren't real particular about landowners oh, yeah. and yeah. some people can all get along but most people around here you just like you got to fill them out first because most people make an ass of themselves well, in here, the long run well in our state we live in alabama well, um, everything's private everything's land too. private land everything's posted there, I mean, there's some public land, but you, you're not going to get to hunt. You know, you can't run no dogs on hardly any public land. We have a few uh, management areas that you can do. But well, no, they have the, the they have, we have the the one hunt down south. Yeah, but it's so that's far it. south. But I mean, that's, that's, that's I know the, of. That's the only one that that you can actually go in. Uh, the national forest, you can hunt them. But you cannot hunt in the management areas, so you know, kind of, unless you, unless you really put your boots on the ground and, and get out and scout, it's it's really hard to to get on any public access, public land hogs here in Alabama. Mm -hmm. But I know so I know some guys that regularly catch big hogs on public land, and you know I don't know if they're being 100% truthful about it, 100% legit on it. I don't. Know. Uh, it could be state land. Never can tell. Yeah, that's I mean. Which but is a whole different section. Yeah, state land. Now, we have state land. It's public land, and you can hunt it as long as nobody's leasing it. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. Because here you can lease state lands also. It hits all kinds of crazy. Yeah. And I and see, and that's another thing. I'd like to get into, talk to some people who 
can give us some some input on how the stipulations are in other states too. So so that way, you know, we're not because it gets misconstrued a lot of times. You you get yeah. online and you're looking at the the you know your uh, game of fish guidelines and rules and regulations and Alabama. I mean, you got you got one page here that tells you something, and you flip it and it tells you exactly the opposite. So you, you don't know. Yeah. And so if any of you guys might know some other laws or something like that for for our state here in Alabama, hey, shoot me a message. Uh, or anything, you know, comment below. Let us know what's going on. If there's any rule changes that you know about that have to do with hog hunting, that's what that's what this this episode's about. Here's hog hunting. And if there's any with dogs, and if there's any unwritten rules that you have in your area yes. that we haven't expressed, let us know. Well, you gotta we let ask, us know. Let, we, we don't know because then we're gonna be like that rookie, like we're talking about the new guy. Everybody had to be the new guy at one time. It's not fun. <laughs> well, I mean, you trying to? We gave up. Man, I caught a lot of shit from some of them, but we, we honestly, we just joke, cut up. We have a good time. We try not to have any kind of altercations of any form or fashion. I've had a few out in the woods, and uh, I had to change up my whole, the whole way I done everything. I had to, and I think that's why a lot of guys, after they've done it for a pretty good while, they kind of. They kind of quit worrying about taking other people hunting. It's kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to drag everybody out and do this. They they don't appreciate it. And then they show, you know, like you said, some of them get drunk, show their ass. I've had them where they were done pop some pills or something and was got tore up. I've seen it to where somebody else drugged somebody while we were hunting. <laughs> and, I mean, this happened to be a, a good friend of mine. Next thing you know, he's over here talking crazy. He fell out on the ground. It's like, what in the world happened? And you know, so also yeah. make sure to stay hydrated, because well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna go, like I said, uh, alcohol's here, not gonna help. But if you're hunting during the summer, you can yeah. stroke out. Well, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> We've seen people get dehydrated and pass out. I have. Bad's done it. Also. Don't bring a gun unless it is discussed. Also, oh, don't come shit. in there. You're not dirty, Harry. With a 300 wind mag, like, dude, you're not gonna get a shot. Or don't come in with a Smith and Wesson 500 pistol or, or damn AR running around the crazy. woods. Like, well, I brought my AR with me just in case. I'm like, no, you're gonna shoot my dog. Yeah, we that the just in case deal is usually solved with the pit bull or the dogo or the Airedale, whichever you prefer. That's kind of the or a big white redheaded man. Just, just whatever, you know. Yeah. Most guys, they go in there, grab a hold of it, shut it down. You know, if you, if you go, yeah, you know, and be careful who you go hunt with, new guys. If if you've never went hunting before, hey, kind of ask around a little bit about that individual because I went hunting with a guy one time. I'm not gonna say no damn name. This guy, dude, we were, we were in a place that we were not supposed to be in. Not going to incriminate myself. But we were in a place we weren't supposed to be in, and I did not know this. And so I'm talking to his brother a few weeks later, and he's like, man, I can't believe you went hunting with him. I said, well, you know, it's, it's like to go hunting, you know. And it was it was during the week. It was on a weeknight, you know. A lot of guys had to work. I had to work, too, but I just, I, I was still pretty new to hunting. I'd been hunting for about a year or two. And we go, and... I thought it was kind of funny that night. He told me, because he, he parked down the hill, he said, hold on, let me go up here and unlock the gate. 
And I was just sitting there, I wasn't thinking nothing about it. We were probably 25, 30 yards down the bottom of the hill. It wasn't that far. I seen him walk top of the hill, and then he came back down. I was sitting there thinking. I was like, I wonder why the hell didn't we just drive up to the top of the hill? So, I mean, use your imagination. I guess he unlocked the gate, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, it, it was definitely, it was, it was something else. So, I don't know. You just be careful when you do that kind of stuff. You know, um, if if you have if you have time to, to plan out a good hunt with somebody, you know, also if you've got a four wheeler or a side by side or something like that, that could possibly be a, a real helpful deal. Yeah. You know, because if, if you, you're going to go that way, you're not you know not everybody's scrunched up too tight. If you've got one, ask them say, hey, do I need to bring my four wheeler? Don't get there and then everybody's standing around and they're all piled up on top of each other and then you say, well, I had to do side by side at the house. Well, you should have brought the damn thing. Because it can you know, definitely It's common be sense, a lot of it. It's just common sense. Yeah. But if you've never done it, then you don't know. Exactly. And the re one reason I'm doing this whole little deal right here about somebody who's never done it, because recently I have met, I'm talking about one person after the next, after the next, that has, that's never hunted. And they're in their 30s and 40s. Which I'm glad and, and to see we, that. Yeah, I mean, we want to see them in the woods, and I'm not talking about going hog hunting with a knife. I'm talking about just hunting. I've never hunted at all, but they're open-minded enough to to try it. And everyone that has tried it have not seen one, not one, that didn't like it. That says, "Oh, oh, that, that was that was too much for me," or "No, I couldn't handle that." All of them were like, "This is." They get into the conservation part. They put in their time, their their money. Hey, it, it works out. So try to educate the public as you go along too. Don't be a jerk when somebody asks you a question. You know, explain it to them. Don't be a smart ass. You know, I guess right before deer season, we had a, a, a dad with two two young boys. They just rode by, stopped and talked to us for a few minutes. They were actually with the landowner. And the boys started asking us about the hogs and this and that. Well, about an hour later, both of them had got their first hog as well as their dad. So I told them, you know, basically we can show you better than we can tell you about it. So don't make the hunt all about yourself either, guys. You know, spread it out a little bit. Make it, make it happen. It's fun. Don't leave it's those, enjoyable. Don't leave all the hogs in the woods after you get done with them. Hey, if you know somebody that needs some, you know, take it and drop it off. Now, I do understand, and I have been there a bunch. Everybody, hey, man, you get a hog. Next time you get one, let me know. Or you're on Facebook. There's 75 people commenting saying, I sure would like some fresh pork. I sure need one. They want you to skin it and clean it they want and you to butcher it. it up. Yeah. They want, they and want then bring it to them. They want to meet yeah. within 10 minutes of the house. Well, even if you bring it to them, there's always some kind of crap they're coming up with. They're like, well, I can't do it today. I got a wedding. Or I can't do it now. Or can't, can't we just do it tomorrow or whatever. I'm like, look. I, I've already, you know, we already field dressed it. It's ready. And there, not long ago, I had a couple. I mean, they were already quartered up, done been butchered, for the most part. You know, the basic butchering part of it. They were ready to go. Guy specifically called and asked me. Said he needed these for a couple of people. That was it. They're in the freezer now, though. So, yeah. who you lose? But now, when they call again. Uh, like like I said, I, that's probably just going to be the end of that conversation about them. So there's no sense in just to keep on doing something. You know, if somebody doesn't appreciate it, then 
It doesn't matter. So. No, it does not. Yeah, it. Uh, but like I said, I mean, this is we're. What's the day? That's Sunday. This is Sunday the the twenty seventh. So it's right after Christmas. Hope everybody had a had a Merry Christmas, and you know have a have a great New Year that's coming up too. Uh, eat your collards and your home, Joe. Yeah. Eat your, <laughs> eat your, what else is this? Your collards and pintos and hog jaws and cornbread. I don't know. I, enjoy- think all kind of, I, don't, I think everywhere has something different that they do. Yeah. But I don't know. Because I, mean, I know. Honestly, we need to look into that so that way when we're sitting there talking bullshit, we can be like, yeah. hey, you've got to eat pinto beans. I know collards is money. Collards about money, pinto beans, all, and you're supposed to put remember. a penny in something. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I need just to know it's good stuff. food. So I, I'm not going to skip out on that. Look at this. You uh, see what I'm saying? This is what it produces. Collards, cornbread, all the good stuff. And that's for New Year's and for Sunday and for Tuesdays if you want it. Whatever damn day you want to eat it. But that's a a traditional thing for our heritage here in the in the South. And uh, For sure. Yeah, it's, it's I know Ella's stuff. parent, Ella's uh, Nana cooks it every year. Mm-hmm. I know my grandma, she, she cooked them nonstop. Well, I say nonstop, she cooked them nonstop. <laughs> she cooked them every New Year's. And I promise you. All right, well, we were talking about all the, the hog jaws and pinto beans and the collard greens and all that good stuff about New Year's. But I know we kind of got off out there in left field for something. But, you know, we're, we're going to make this just a little bit longer than we did our very first one or something. We're going to do it to where, you know, if you guys are driving and you're going to say you got to drive an hour and a half, two hours to go hunt your spot, flip this on and listen to us tell the truth about everything. No. By 99% of that. Yeah. So there goes bullshit. We might have to twist it. Names might not be yeah. listed. Yes. <laughs> Names are changed to protect others. And that's for embarrassment and no fist fighting or like no incrimination. Yeah, we can't incriminate anybody. So, all right. So we got, all right. Nathan is, is 20 years old. And I'm uh, 22. And so things have changed a lot since I started hog hunting. And things have changed a lot since he started hog hunting. Yeah, I've Because we literally started hog hunting at the same time. He's been my hog hunting buddy through thick and thin. Except, I guess when you was probably fourth, third, third through fifth or sixth grade, I couldn't really keep you out too late at night. Yeah, that's when you were going during the week all the time. Yeah. And you still have work. Yeah. I, I went a couple times, but it was rough. Yeah, getting home at 4 a.m. and... and taking a shower and trying to eat breakfast and then get ready. And used to I would do it because I'd been out all night partying or whatever, but I was just running dogs, chasing hogs. That was it. So, But a lot of things have changed since then. And, you know, we a lot of it is not it, – a lot of it's not really the people. It's, it's the actual animals. Things have changed. Man, hog dogs have came so far. Dude, there are people that are breeding – I mean, F1 hybrids for specifics. We do that ourselves. Uh, but I know it's been going on for years. We're not, I mean, we didn't invent it by no means. No. We're not trying to do, talk all that. We are definitely reaping the benefits. Oh, yeah. Creators, some of these breeds. And some breeders that created some of these breeds 
would probably murder us in oh, plain daylight for, for some of the crossbreeds we produced. The drop. The drop. The DD. <laughs> Dude, I took that damn dog and I took it's several ready. of them. We have bred them over when everything. You, and when you get a nine-way cross, you know you bred yeah, nine-way cross. We've had it to where there was just so much in it. It was like, it's just Every a single, dog. Literally, you have one dog in the litter that weighs 20 pounds with short hair and a long muzzle. The yeah. next one weighs 40 pounds with long hair and a long muzzle. And one weighs 70 pounds. Looks like a pit bull. Looks like a pit bull. You're like, I don't think we had any pit bull in there. Yeah, and they're but all it, different colors. And, but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, that's one of them deals there, just to each his own. So everybody keep doing what you're doing about, you know, producing what works for you. Because not, like I said, not everywhere is the same. Guys in Oklahoma, they have to run a little bit different than guys in Mississippi. Guys different East Texas than West. Texas is a big state with a lot of terrain. But like, you know, there's so many people, they'll they'll go buy a dog. And, you know, one guy will be like, well, this dog right here is a finished dog. And they'll drive out to Texas and pick that dog up, and then they'll bring him to North Carolina and hunt, you know, mountains versus- nothing but mountains and just cutovers or clear cuts and stuff like that. And that dog is lost. You know, he's like, he's still a hog dog, and he knows what to do, but he doesn't hunt the way they like it. So automatically, well, that damn dog ain't no good. Mm-hmm. He sold me a dog that ain't no good. Well, that's not true. And dog- Maybe you should have done your research. Maybe you should have thought ahead on how you were doing stuff because that's what really counts. Yes. And not all dogs hunt the same for everybody. Shit, no. Just I, I don't know. I never have good luck with timid dogs, but Dad does. I don't care mm-hmm. how much time I spend. You can ask Dad. I will spend hours upon hours each week working with some timid dogs sometimes, and they still won't come to me. Yeah. I walk out there, and they come right to me. It's all the energy you give off of, I guess. I don't, I don't I, know. Then some of them just are weary yep. of others, and I have no clue why. Yep. That's right. So... All right, well, you know, we this this episode here has been more about, you know, being a newie, newbie, a beginner. All right, so now that you've done, now you're on your first hunt, everything goes good, now you, now you stick your first hog. All right, how did you feel the first time you stuck a hog? Like, wow, I just stabbed this pig. That, yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot to process. It's very... You were really young, too. Though. Powerful and, like... It's definitely something I remember a lot. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you take guys that have that have uh, deer hunted, coon hunted, uh, rabbit hunted, whatever, with dogs. Yeah, for years and years. And stuff before. Yeah. I shot a bunch of coons and none of and, that. And that's been say almost everything really? else is taking place with a gun. Well, this, yeah, and what just this does take place with guns. And not against yeah. doing all that. It just does not work for me. Yeah. Most for us. Ninety-seven percent of the cases. Yeah. No guns could could have helped in any form or fashion. I don't want around with us because I don't want my dog shot or me. I had a bad, I had a bad ordeal with it, and uh, a guy about shot me and a friend of mine's wife because he just, I don't know, he went Rambo and went ham on it and just started trying to shoot a three hundred pound hog with a little thirty two pistol while I was legging it and had a dog on the ear, you know. That scenario didn't turn out good, so that's one reason why we're doing that. We're not against weapons. Or, or he figured anything. out pretty quick, though. It was not the correct procedure. <laughs> I've only had one or two altercations. They got the damn point real quick. <laughs> yeah. And, but, like, I mean, the first first time I ever, which I didn't stick a hog to my friend. You know, this is when we could tie them up because here we can't tie hogs up at no all. No more. We can't have a live hog, period. Uh, 
Now that was it was liberating, you know. It was like, wow, this is this is something because you never felt more close to it. Well, yeah, because it's 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 a hundred percent hands on, and there is no there's not a big margin of error. It either has to happen or it doesn't happen. I mean, it's it's not one of those things where it's like, oops, I slipped and let go of the pig, and then okay, well the pig stopped waiting on you. No, it didn't happen. Especially with your bigger hogs, you know, if if you get in there with with something like that, that dog doesn't do what his job, and you don't do your job. Well, shit's gonna go bad. Yeah. And that's one, you know, and hog hog doggers. A lot of guys they catch a bad rap because they have a lot of dogs. I know guys that have a lot of dogs. <laughs> we have a lot of dogs, but we spend a lot of money on them and a lot of time with them. I mean, that's what. That's what takes care of us while we're in the woods. That's what takes care of us here at home, too, you know, for I the know, most part. So. I know between us and Logan, there's two hours a day spent at least with them. Oh, yeah. You just, that's just feeding and watering them. Yeah, just, that's what I'm going to say. That, that's not spending time with the animal. Yeah. That's just the care of that. Which I don't ever rush by and feed my dog. When no, I go and feed a dog, I feed them, I, I talk them up. Sometimes they're acting crazy and killing the yeah. water bowl or snatching the chain. That's that's mainly the Jags. The infamous yeah. psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. Lance Criswell. Yeah, thank you, Lance. That little dog is a lunatic, and I love it. Yeah, Only she, way I'd ever have him. She's hot. And let's say we got a couple more. Let's say what uh, my first hog hunt, we talked about that a little bit. It was uh, my uncle carried me with a, a friend of his. That actually was a friend of mine beforehand. Didn't even, didn't even realize it. The same guy. Uh, and that first hunt, we did not strike a pig. I don't think they ran a hog at all. Yeah, they did. They ran one. We didn't kill one. We didn't catch one. But and that was when you went with us. I remember when we it? went somewhere. I, that I was, was down there. We were in a big cut, big cut over there. Yep, Jeremy Gillen. Yeah, I don't think we killed a dog that or killed a pig that day. No. The we'll second time I went was down at Hickory, uh, not Hickory Creek. I know anyway down on sixty nine. Yeah, down on sixty nine, and we stabbed that pig down there. You yeah. That freaking ten but foot I've been tall. Several times, other than that, but like I said, we were we. I was tying them up so back then we didn't stick a whole lot. That's been years and years ago. So that's how the. The sport has changed, you know, and for very us. technology. Oh, man. Technology so... Makes it super easy. If yeah, I mean, I don't even... I don't know how in the world they even done it back then. Because, you know, I mean, here I am, quick tracking it. Um, With it, silent dogs. It, that was pretty <laughs> tough. And, well, ever, and that's, that's something we'll get into later on, too, is a silent dog, semi-silent, semi-open and open. I know a lot of people say that dog's semi-silent. Well, does that mean the same thing as semi-open? No, not to us. Like I said, this is just us and our opinions. And this is our area, and yep. from talking with other hog hunters around our area, and yeah, even from other states. There's not a lot, actually, where we live at right now. There's there's a lot more than there, there ever. I say our area, I mean like our state, pretty much. Yeah, so. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, we... Well, I had, I don't know, I'd probably been two or three times before I actually stuck one. And the only reason we even stuck it is because it was too big. We couldn't tow, you know, wasn't going to tow it out and where we were at. 
Because like I said, in Alabama, it's just mountains in the area that we're at. Not all of Alabama's a mountain, so before everybody gets there, Don't gets all ill and stuff and starts talking about how wrong we are, because that happens in this in this stuff here. But uh, the dogs that we use, like we're talking about, we use a lot of crosses. I know guys that are purist, and you know, my hat's off to each and every one of you, because we, we are purist at heart on certain things. I have I have certain breeds that I will cross with another breed, but yet I still keep that, that bloodline pure over here and over here. You know what I'm saying? I don't just cross and just do whatever. It's it's every bit of it has a strategy to it and it's all written down and it's all kept on a file. This is not just well, oh Sally actually got off the chain and Rambo did this and whatever. No, that's not the way we do it. You know, there's a purpose behind every one of it. Uh, like I said, being being a new guy, if you're going to get into it, find you some guys that that are really that are good-hearted guys, uh, good old boys, and I, I do mean good old boys. You know that that like to hunt and that don't mind you that mind taking you with them. They will help you get started. They'll help you with dogs. Uh, I mean, I've given away so many dogs, it ain't even funny. I'm talking about, and, and then next week, kicking my own ass because I'm like, I should get that dog, but I'm not going to give you my junk. I'm not going to pawn my junk off on you because if it's junk, number one, I'm not going to feed it. It costs the same amount to feed a sorry dog as a that won't work as it will for a dog that will work. And a lot of dogs are bred up the same. Whole litters turn out. Sometimes they don't. I've had a whole litter work, and I've had a whole litter that didn't work. And I've had it all in between. And I'm sure any of you guys that, that's bred dogs for yourself, which we don't sell dogs and we don't puppy mill dogs, don't do all that. There's nothing against it. If that's what you want to do, it's your business, not mine. I ain't paying your bills, so I don't care. Not my dogs. That's right. I just got to feed all our, our dogs. Uh, but like I said, we encourage... All you veteran hog hunters out here, the guys that have done this stuff, take some new guys, and I know most of y'all do, and, you know, introduce them to it. Try to teach them the right thing. Try to teach them how you were taught to do it and not to be a, a lying, conniving, cheap, backstabber, uh, you know, lock-busting trespasser because that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And then that's what gives us a bad name. It gives all the other guys that are out here doing this, we try to help people. You know, there's a lot of farmers that count on us. They count on us to come in there and to make sure that, hey, are we going to be able to get this corn out this year? You know, and there's a lot of times when we feel like we just, you know, I feel let down myself because I'm like, I, I thought we could kill more than 100. You know, maybe I didn't hunt as much as I could have. But I'm doing all I can. Yeah, maybe you know? said sleeping in that one Saturday, we should have went. Should have and done it, yeah. It's like, but, you know, just just keep pushing it. Get the kids out there. You know, get, get them off the couch. The whole world has changed down to where everybody has a phone in their hand or they've got a laptop or video game. Adults do. I mean, senior citizens do. Children do all of it. But if you can get that young and up off the couch, get him out in the woods and on the water, 
that will teach them a lot of lessons in life that they'll never learn by watching TV or on that cell phone or playing Mortal Kombat or whatever they play now. I don't, I don't even know what the names of them are. I mean, the only stuff I know like that is military stuff. What is that? Call of games? Duty. What is it? Call of Duty. Call of Duty stuff. I, mine's a Foxfire book. That's what I'm talking about. Give them a Foxfire book. Let them learn some stuff like I don't, that. I don't know very many. Which video games aren't the devil? They can be used as good as well, a Well, yeah. I mean, it You can wind down in the evening, but... I, I know to control them. Yeah, I know plenty of t- adults that are addicted to TV. Yeah, oh, I know. That's what I said. <laughs> They'll sit there. That, they get off work there's, and they sit on the couch and they watch TV from the time they get off work to the time they go home. Until the time they go to bed. Yeah, yeah to the time they go to bed for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I know a lot of them that sit there and play video games do the same stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people in between our age at 30 years old who. They were older when video games first started getting popular, yeah. but their parents were like, no, we're not buying that. And then they got adult money, and they're like, yeah. now they can can't nobody those. tell me no. Well, I, don't, I, mean, <laughs> I don't blame them. I understand that, too, but it's just a, like I said. Well, it's, it's like your generation. Y'all got adult money. You bought what you wanted when you were a kid. Yeah, try to, which I didn't. I mean, oh, yeah. you well, got stuck I, with kids. I say I had kid, but <laughs> I was a kid. And was raising a half a dozen kids. Just imagine all the stuff you could have bought if you didn't have kids. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Been cool. Why do you think y'all's Christmases were so cool? Because I was like, ooh, I want that. I can get this for all my boys. And I can get this. And then, you know, get this for the girls or whatever. You know, anything I wanted. I was like, yeah. And the girls were like, why don't we get four-wheelers? Well. <laughs> I'm living vicariously it's through like, you. Like, Dad, can I ride my four wheeler now? No, get off. Leave me alone. <laughs> I buy the gas. I just ride this damn four wheeler. So, anyway, guys, like I said, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, give us some feedback. We're gonna pretty soon. We're gonna try to get an actual open line to where you can call in, and we can talk. You yeah. know, uh, maybe do some stuff over the phone. Because you know we we still got this uh, this COVID mess and all that, so that still restricts and limits a lot that of people's work. capabilities to uh, to travel and to do things like that. So uh, just you know keep everybody everybody stay stay safe and you know don't be a sheep. Just remember we love you. So we appreciate y'all. Until next time, we'll see you.